there is so much to consider if you want to start your own practice or not. And so much of that too is personality of you. Like, what do you enjoy? And are you an entrepreneur? Is that the way you think? Do you enjoy marketing? Do you enjoy managing people? I do a lot of consulting with people that are considering going from a solo to a group practice. And those are some of the questions we explore because you want to make sure that those are all things that line up if you're going to start your group because it is a ton of work. I mean, just like starting your business is a lot of work on the front end and it, it can be a slow process financially, but eventually it can become something really big. It's the same with going from a solo to a group practice that it is a lot of work on the front end. You're not going to see a lot of payoff for a little while, but then ultimately you can see a really great payoff. And, and even more so than the financial part, I just love the community of my practice that we're all friends. Like we have a group text that goes out and we're going to do a very socially distant outdoor Christmas party, which is a little bit easier down here in the South with our weather, but we actually want to get together and talk to each other and make jokes together. And Hey there, my friend. Welcome to the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. I'm your host, Sabrina. I am a cardiothoracic surgery PA with a background in public health and neuroscience. I'm also your peak performance coach. I had to say no to working extreme long hours where I was always on call and feeling exhausted, underappreciated, and undervalued, and said heck yes to a life and career that elevates my energy and passion without compromising my health and sanity. Now, I'm on the mission to support ambitious healthcare professional like you with a demanding career to become a confident leader who are living purposefully and fulfilled to truly be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. Let's start our journey today. Hello there, this is your host, Sabrina, and welcome to another episode of the Powerful and Passionate Healthcare Professionals Podcast. And today we have another exciting guest with us. She is Winnie Owens. She is a licensed professional counselor and private practice consultant. She lives in Savannah, Georgia. I visited there before for a bachelorette party. It's definitely a really beautiful town where she owns a group private practice, Water's Edge Counseling. In addition to running her practice, she offers individual and group consulting through practice of the practice. Winnie places a special emphasis on helping clinicians start and grow face-based practices. She hosts a podcast as well to help other counselors And Winnie has spoken at the Licensed Professional Counselors Association of Georgia's annual convention, as well as Maryland. She has spoken the past two years at Practice of the Practice Killing Camp Conference. She has also been interviewed about mental health issues on several media outlets, including WSAV in Savannah and in the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. Winnie is a wife and a mother of two beautiful girls. So thank you so much, Winnie, for joining us. And please share a little bit more about yourself. How did you come into this journey of becoming a counselor and now wanting to help other people in a group practice setting? 
Sure. Yeah. So I think honestly, a lot of us as counselors, it started when we were younger, you know, personal issues that we go through, wishing that we had had our own therapy, or maybe we did have therapists that helped us. And so similar to me, you know, grew up, I'm a child of divorced parents and wanted acceptance and love as I was growing up and had to like work through some of those issues. And so those are some of the things within me that made me go into the counseling journey. I went to college at the University of Georgia and got a degree in family and child development. And then after that, went and got my master's degree in counseling. Because faith is an important part of my life, I did do an integrative program for my graduate program. So faith is kind of a component. I took some theology courses alongside my master's of counseling classes. After that, I went and worked at a psychiatric hospital. A lot of good experience there and was able to get my hours to get licensed. And then I came to Savannah or back to Georgia, where I'm actually from and started a practice. I tried to find a job at a hospital here. I tried to join other practices and then just had to start my own practice because I couldn't find a job. Um, And it worked out and grew my practice from a solo practice and then just had a wait list. And after a lot of thought and prayer, decided to start a group practice. And so now I'm in a group practice here in Savannah. There are seven clinicians here and we're a cash-only practice um, and faith-based component to it as well. And so that's going really well. It's a great way to make some passive income, but I also just really love helping the community in the work that we're doing. And then alongside that, I got my own consulting to grow my group practice because I didn't know how I would do it without help. And that was how I connected to practice the practice. And then through my relationship with Joe, he asked me to come on as a consultant, specifically kind of that superpower of faith-based practices. And I also help practices that are cash pay how to market themselves. And so that's how I got into consulting. I just absolutely love it all. Yeah, for anybody who don't know what Practice of Practice is, so Joe is a host for both the podcast show and the businesses itself, and especially helping practices who are counselors, uh, therapists out there in that arena of how to help them to grow their businesses and their clinical practice, both from a group setting and individual setting. And they have uh, yearly conferences, which uh, Winnie spoke on, and then I was a speaker as well. And that's how we really got connected. So it's definitely a way of pivoting where you go from working for someone is something that's established and looking for the hospital. I think many healthcare professionals coming out of school feel that way, just like what you have done. We feel like, oh, now I got a degree. Let me work somewhere where we can learn from other people and then grow into something else. Then it's in the decision that pivotal moment in your life, whether you choose to stay in this business, working for someone else, which then you don't have to worry about bringing patients into you because that's marketing, that's sales, that's PR side. And then also learning from business growth, right? Like turning your entrepreneurial hat on, thinking how to operate revenue. Also the leadership, that's where I touch on. Like if you have all this set up, What does that mean for you to not only as a clinician, but now you are someone who have to work with multiple other clinicians and your secretaries or your associations to actually make things work together? Because we know people don't work for you. They work for themselves. And (laughs) that's the key thing to make the practice actually work well for each other then you can do the best for your patients and then the revenue and referrals keep coming back to you. So when you made that pivot into 
hey, I wanted to have something on my own. And I wanted to leverage on everybody else's resources who are also in the same location, same field. What was the thought process when you did the pivot? And how did you work through some of the kinks? Yeah, some of that was just, I'm getting so many calls, I can't get back to these people. And if people are wanting to see me, why don't I train people like me or hire people similar to me in the way that they do counseling and give those clients to somebody else, like give somebody a job. And I think about the first time I got a private practice job. I had a supervisor at the time who kind of went to a practice and said, Hey, Whitney, come with me. And it was the biggest gift I'd been given at that time. Like, wow, I get to have clients and do private practice because she was willing to bring me along. And so if I can make that opportunity available for other people who don't necessarily want to start their practice, but can have this opportunity, I give them a gift. And then I help the community by offering good clinical work. And I can really refer to someone I trust, someone that I know, and someone that if we have mutual clients, we can really work back and forth and have everything in-house. It's so much harder to have it outside a house and being all the phone calls and not knowing people very well. And big part of it was that just I was getting such a flood of referrals. And then honestly, from a faith-based side, I spent a lot of time praying about it and just felt like God kept hitting me upside the head over and over because I was very scared about making this transition and starting the practice as a group. And I just had to do the thing that kept coming in front of me over and over and over again. And I'm really glad that it did because it has been great. Yeah, that's amazing to have the feeling of, hey, you know what? I started by someone else giving me that opportunity so I can build the way that how I want to practice instead of following a big organization per se. And I have that resource. Why not bring my resource and share with other people? So the people who want to start getting into private practice don't have to start from beginning and you have something that's established that they can practice in a way that they want to. I think that's the same concept as my friends who are owning their own medical practice, dental practice, or even chiropractic. They're always the thought of, do I work for someone else versus working for myself or simply working for a small group that people have the similar mission and vision? And that's what you're saying. If people just like me, why not working together and share that resources, share the client? And because then you can actually not push other people away, you can actually help those who are asking you directly. Definitely. There is so much to consider if you want to start your own practice or not. And so much of that too is personality of you. Like, what do you enjoy? And are you an entrepreneur? Is that the way you think? Do you enjoy marketing? Do you enjoy managing people? I do do a lot of consulting with people that are considering going from a solo to a group practice. And those are some of the questions we explore because you want to make sure that those are all things that line up if you're going to start your group because it is a ton of work. I mean, just like starting your business is a lot of work on the front end and it, it can be a slow process financially, but eventually it can become something really big. It's the same with going from a solo to a group practice that it is a lot of work on the front end. You're not going to see a lot of payoff for a little while, but then ultimately you can see a really great payoff. And, and even more so than the financial part, I just love the community of my practice that we're all friends. Like we have a group text that goes out and we're going to do a very socially distant outdoor Christmas party, which is a little bit easier down here in the South with our weather, but we actually want to get together and talk to each other and make jokes together. And I wouldn't have those relationships if I hadn't created this group practice. And, you know, we're talking about the questionnaire. I know we're going to get to that, but that is 
when I think about that, like I love my job so much because I love the people I work with. And that brings me a lot of satisfaction instead of being on my own doing this work. Yes, yes, yes. I think that's the key, right? Like if you love something so much and with the people that you're doing with, now we know no matter what type of career that you pick, there's still a significant amount of our life are in those fields. And when you're an entrepreneur, some people's mistake was, oh, I have this new baby, new passion. I better build it into something. So that urgency put into actually put a lot of pressure into themselves. And then they end up working way more than they used to be. But these hours that they're putting in actually not going to directly putting an impact because they are working on the things they really should have been delegated or they really should have ultimated. So you don't have so much manpower working on the things that no one enjoys of doing. So what do you see as people have transitioned into group practice? What are some issues that come up and then you can help with, with preventing those? Yes. Well, you just talked about a really big one, which is People take on way too much work at the front end. Um, And it is a lot of work on the front end, but then they keep going instead of delegating out appropriately, instead of creating that team, they make it kind of about themselves and the work they're doing. I also see that they see too many clients. Like I'm amazed when I hear, I own a group practice of five clinicians and I see 20 clients a week. I'm like, how do you, like 20 clients a week is almost a total job, you know? And so being able to manage your money, and that's another issue is money management. You want to manage your money in such a way that your clinicians bring in enough to support your salary, your income, because you are working for the practice in all the CEO capacities and you have to make time for that. And yes, it's not a direct money coming in because you didn't actually see a client and bring in money. But if you're not thinking big picture about your practice and where you're going and really supporting your team, the whole thing's going to collapse. So those are some of the delegating, the stepping away from the actual work in the practice to work on the practice and having that CEO role and then knowing how to manage your finances. Those are some of the biggest mistakes that I see with group practice owners. Yes. What we have to think about is work on your business, not in there. When traditional way of practicing or having a career is in the business means you do every little thing. And then from seeing the patient, make sure they're checked and make sure they have all they have need. Right. And in medicine, we also think about like prescription or there's maybe some additional follow-up or referrals, all these things, but instead of in it, because the return in investment are not just money and not just, oh, I see this uh, one direct impact with my patient, but it's also what the three other things people are missing are future value or what are you doing actually creating future of what you want in your life and in your career. And guess what? Second, what people are a lot of missing is lifestyle. It's the way that you're working actually match how you want to live, who you want to spend your time with, and how everything just play out together. And then guess what's the third and last thing that people are missing out on is personal growth. Is what you're doing just the same thing yet another day or what you're doing actually help you to move forward to create excitement so you can actually understand how to create momentum and not just again plateaued and then you feel bored and satisfied eventually. 
Those are all such good points and very important to constantly go back to how you're feeling in your relationships, your personal growth and where your business is going. And yes, too many people get so focused in their business, they forget to step back and even ask those questions. And then they're totally lost, you know, and that's honestly when they usually come to consulting is when they've lost themselves and all that and they need help big picture stepping back and being able to get back to those vision and values that really led them into starting their great practice. Exactly. And sometimes I feel like in healthcare, because we know all the basic resources, right? We have the knowledge base, but how to apply it into our own life, that's completely a different level. And sometimes just because we can think really quickly, we can solve problems, but we're really good at solving other people's problems and not exactly our own. Whenever you're thinking so much and your mind is going so fast, you're not actually absorbing or collectively say, hey, this is the piece that you actually need to focus on because that is what lights up. But other things are just like dimming your light instead of pushing yourself forward. And that's why you have people like Winnie, like myself, who are looking at this bigger picture. And I focus on performance based because I know we can all get so stuck and in this stress environment in feeling like, oh, we got to really make something happen for ourselves and for my group. Other people depend on me and that weighs so much on you. But how can we pivot now? remove all those thinking, right? That sabotaging tendency and quickly pivot. And so you can actually perform at your higher level, both from your energy, from your practice, from your tasks. And Mm -hmm. that's the amazing thing is you can be an expert in your own field, but it's really hard for all of us to be an expert in all aspects of our life. And that's okay because that makes us unique. What we just have to do is more self-reflection and check in with ourselves. Whether you allow yourself to have that half hour on the weekly basis, that's what I do with my client, right? Work on your burnout bulletproof worksheet because that alignment session will help you to say yes and no to the right thing. Also to think about what does your weekly vision even look like and feel like. If we're missing that emotional part, of course, it's going to be hard to move forward. We feel like, oh, something else will be easier to do. And that's one reason I ask our speakers, take the holistic life assessment, find out your number one killer in preventing you from great harmony in your life and work. So Winnie, when you took that assessment, what thoughts pop into your mind? Anything you would change? Yeah, so it was definitely helpful in the sense of thinking about the different areas of my life. Being a therapist myself, and I even go to my own therapy every week, because I think it's super helpful for everyone to be in therapy. I do regularly kind of check in with myself, where am I at? And so if anything, it was reassuring as to what areas are going well and which ones are maybe not as well as I'd want them to be. So it didn't really surprise me, at least for me, a big one right now is social relationships which is something that I'm very aware of with COVID. Obviously, that's taken a hit on some of the social relationships and being able to be with people. But also my phase of life with young children. Like I used to think to myself, is it that I'm working too much or my job's too demanding? And like, what can I do? And being able to kind of reevaluate that it's really, I don't think so much about my job. It's more about my, my children needing extra time. I have a special needs child who's four 
And so she requires a lot more out of me and it makes it a little more difficult to do play dates and those kinds of things to be as social because I do have to give her so much attention. I can't focus on the relationships as much, but then it's also learning. How do I get the extra support I need to get out of the house and have a social relationship or how do I depend on my spouse? So it helps me to go back and kind of look at some of those things. Yes. Amazing. Thank you so much for sharing your life with us. And I think that's the point of all of us. It's okay, right? Like we have our ups and downs in life and we just reshifting ourselves. It was just this one day where it can just be a one era of your life. It doesn't define us. It just simply the experience we're going through and we figure out as we go on and the, every little small step we're making toward that ideal life of who we want it to be, how we want to show up and make us even better. Right. And uh, I'm so excited for you to share your group practice and the different methods. And I know definitely other people who wanted to create that bigger connection of practice will want to reach out to you. So how could they find you? Yeah. So you can email me and that's Whitney at practicethepractice.com. I do run a Facebook group called Faith in Practice, and that's specifically for clinicians wanting to integrate some kind of faith component into their practice. Podcast is the same thing. It helps people in growing their business with a faith-based background. Even if you don't have a mental health or a clinical practice, you still can learn a lot from that podcast and how to do business, how to market it, and also how to integrate faith appropriately. And so that podcast is called the Faith in Practice Podcast. Yes, it is an awesome one. If you wanted to find your next podcast to listen to, definitely check her out. And then you never know, there are certain episodes that you really light up a light bulb in your head and then you can trick her down into all this greatness into your life and into your business. I'm fortunate to be a speaker on her podcast as well. And that's how we grow to make these connections and build this relationship and gain resources from each other. And that's ultimately how we compound into life. Instead of spending years after years by yourself, you're already learning from people who has gone through it. So it can get you to where you need to be with a shorter amount of distance, less hassle, and more joy for you to spend time and your energy to do things that you actually love to do. That's right. That's right. And getting to connect with you, like this conversations always remind me of the work I'm doing and the importance of it and brings me that life that I need to kind of keep going. And so relationships are so important. Exactly. Amazing. So for everyone who, if you like this episode, we would love it for you to give me a review on iTunes because we wanted to hear from you and to learn what other topics that really will help you in your career and in your life as well for you to be both a powerhouse in your career and a passionate person in life. And we also have a healthcare professional support group. Uh, You can go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash powerful and passionate. And the link will be in the show. No, thank you so much, everyone for joining us. And we look forward to see you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. All right, my friend, how did you love this episode? Make sure to subscribe to our show so you can continue to build your positive intelligence for that beautiful mind of yours to live powerfully and passionate. I know this just the tip of the iceberg. You probably have a lot more question on actually how do I implement those things into my own life? Well, this is the solution. Joining us inside 
the private Facebook group. Go to facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash powerful passionate, where I go live weekly to answer any questions that you have and continue to put more resources for you to help you to get to that point. You can be both powerful and passionate where you're no longer working on any mundane work and truly focusing on the things that matter. You can be both powerful and passionate where you can overcome any mental roadblocks keeping you from success. You can be both powerful and passionate where you feel energized from the moment you woke up to the time you go to bed. Join me and together we can create a life where you can be both powerful and passionate.